Hello and welcome to the Total Mental Performance Podcast, the one and only mindset podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs and coaches master their mindset, giving you insider access to industry leaders around their psychology, their campfire stories, and the mindset required to be successful in this business. I'm your host, Kieran O'Neill, mental performance coach and founder of Total Mental Performance, the world's fastest growing specialist mindset service dedicated to the fitness industry. So without further ado, let's lean in and listen. Yes, yes, team. Welcome to another episode of the Total Mental Performance Podcast. Today's special guest is Christian Hill. He is the founder of Project Level Up, and he mainly works with business owners and and driven individuals to help them level up their training and their life. I actually came across Christian when I was speaking at Joe Parrish's HPC event. And it's very easy for me and Joe to open up and share and be vulnerable from a leadership perspective about going to therapy or working on our insecurities and working on our doubts and fears. But the thing that impressed me about Christian most was he was the first person to actually raise his hand and he was the first person to actually talk about going to therapy, the things that he had to overcome. And that's not easy. I I truly believe until you can talk about it, whether that's an insecurity, a fear, a doubt, a mental health challenge, until you can talk about it, you haven't really owned it. And Christian has clearly owned it. And then after that, we had a few drinks, we were chatting away. He's just, just a, a treasure chest full of stories as well. So I just thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this guy on the podcast. I think we'll have a wonderful conversation. So Christian, mate, thank you so much for your time and welcome to the TMP podcast. Mate, thank you so much for an incredible intro. I need to live up to some high expectations here. Do you know why I know something funny, Kieran? When I used to, like my old job, right, that we're going to come on to when I used to be in the military, I wasn't amazing at articulating what I was trying to say. Now I am. I'm not amazing at it, but I'm good at it. I'm good at telling stories. And do you want to know what the joke was with me when I used to literally, I used to, everyone used to say, I used to tell shite stories, right? They said I used to tell rubbish (laughs) stories that didn't really go anywhere, that didn't really make any sense. And honestly, when you said that I'm amazing at telling stories, I was like, yes, come on. (laughs) But um, yeah, mate, mate, it's a skill. Yeah. Takes practice in it, showing up and sharing my stories, having a podcast. It just comes with a bit of practice. But mate, honestly, thank you so much for having me on, and it's an honour to come on as well and chat about this. And and like, yeah, like one of the biggest things that I've found is you said to me before this, are you cool to talk about the stuff that we spoke about? And I was like, yeah, I'm an open book. And I think if more people can adopt that mindset, and this is something I know this is going to be a lot of coaches and stuff listening to this as well. This is something that I see quite a lot where people say, be open, be yourself, right? And they go away and write a post about something that happened once in their life. And that's it. They don't do anything else. They don't, they don't become fully transparent. It's maybe just a post about their mental health, which is fantastic, right? Great. But that's it. Like, I'll go and write a post about when I had mental health problems. And you're like, that's not what we're trying to mean when you say be open. It's be yourself. You know what I mean? It's connecting into that and owning that. And like you said, not just that one moment. But it's moment to moment to moment to moment to moment. And some of us won't be ready to really, because when you're yourself, you're being vulnerable. You're putting yourself out into the world. If you think about confident people, even just in their body language, they tend to stand up that little bit more straight. Their chest is out, their shoulders are back, their head is up. And what they're doing is they're showing their physical vulnerabilities to the world. You think about the throat, the heart, the chest, all of your guts, your intestines, your private parts, all of that, when you're stood up stood up straight you're saying to the world well look i can put all of my vulnerabilities out there and and be there how can you do that psychologically it's owning those parts about mental health it's owning those parts where you don't feel good enough you don't feel worthy and when you really start to own that 
like you did. You raised your hand and you said, yeah, well, look, I'm going to be honest. Here's something that I've been working on in therapy. That for me blew my mind. And that's ultimately what the podcast is all about. Me, It's about bringing those stories to light. So coaches realize that they're not alone and we all have struggles. We all have fears. We all have doubts. But it's not necessarily the struggles or the fears of doubts that define you. It's your relationship with those. Is it yeah, a bad cool. thing or is it just a point to work through? Um, mate, let's go into your story. So where did it all start before you got into coaching? So I'm 28 now. I've forgot my age there. And I've been a coach for just over five years. And then prior to that, I was in the military. I was in the Air Force for five and a half years. And then prior to that, I left school. So my first job leaving school was going into the Air Force. I was a bit of a grey man at school. I actually got like a free, a C for PE at school. I'm really like, I am I wasn't really a dead sporty person. I wasn't really that into sport. But the reality was I was just getting pushed down a path that I thought was what I had to do. I played football. I didn't like football. But I thought it was weird for not liking football. So I just didn't say anything. And as a result, I ended up just going down a route of doing things I didn't really want to do. And I wasn't particularly amazing at it. And I think that's a really important thing to understand is forcing someone to do something that they don't actually want to do is just going to lead to them essentially building up like a, a false sense of security or a, a false reality around that. So I just assumed that I was a bit of a, a sports buff. I, was, I wasn't amazing with it. And I just kind of wrote that off. And then as I became, when I was about 17, I was in the gym and stuff at that point, like fitness. And I knew that I kind of wanted to be in the services. I didn't really know what. And then what I ended up doing was join the Air Force. Funny fact, didn't even know what the job was. I just wanted to join the Air Force and I became a Scopey. And then in the time there, I spent five and a half years in there. And that's when I got a bit more into training. But obviously being young from the age of 17 to 23 in there, I like to party. I like to go out. I like to literally just run myself into the ground as well as train as well, just like anyone does in life. But in that time, towards the end of there, I, I knew nothing against it at all. But for where I was going in life, I, ju I just didn't, I knew that wasn't my route. And for two years, I sat on it, Keen, like miserable, absolutely miserable, like really unhappy to the point where I look back at it and you're like, God, that's actually really sad, a sad point where how I was feeling, what I was doing and how I would mask it up. And at the time, I didn't, I was a bit unaware. But then it got to like 2000 and, I think it was 2016 and I was in Ibiza after being away in Cyprus. I had a really good detachment in Cyprus and the sun and all that. Came back and I was going back to the unit that I was at, RAF Waddington, and I was just like, I didn't like it there. I didn't, I, I tried out different avenues and stuff, and I, I just started to realize, you know what I mean? You just click and you go, this isn't that. And I came back, and I had like yeah. two weeks leave, and I went mental. Like, I went mental. I went to IBFA and all that. But I started having panic attacks. I started having like, because I was just literally burning the candle so hard at both ends. But this was just obviously, and I, and I just knew that I was capable of more. And by this point, when I was about 22, I think I was when I decided to leave. And then by the time I left, I was 23. I started to get a few, like, started to get those little injections of belief. Like, my chain of command, my superiors would be like, why aren't you an officer? Why aren't you doing... And I started to get a little bit more belief. Because probably up until the age of about 21, I never... I just thought I was a grey man. I just was like, I knew that I was capable of more, but I never really seen that. And then what ended up happening was, I just was like, I'm just going to... I need to get out of here because if I keep living my life like this unhappy, living for the weekend, burning myself out, dialing my mate, burning my mental health into the ground. I'm, I'm not going to be living a good life, am I? Do you know what I mean? And I, I just knew the way I was brought up, what I was doing. I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't align with what I want. And then I just kind of put two and two together. I was in good shape and stuff. I trained pretty hard. Like I, I say hard, I look back at it now and I'm like laughable. But again, like that's like six years ago when I'm deciding this stuff, do you know what I mean? So, but I just kind of put two and two together. I didn't have any civilian equivalent qualifications. 
took the leap, took the plunge. And yeah, like I just, I then became a coach. Didn't really know anything about it, Kieran. Literally, all I knew is that I heard he could get £30 an hour. And it was literally like, loads of folk have these really, really glamorous stories. I was really unhappy. I was in the, I'd done a bit of instructing when I was in the military. I knew that I was capable of more. I loved the idea of leading. Like I, it was a it was like a proper aspirational value. And I knew I wasn't getting that. And then as soon as I stepped into it, I, I just, I done, I done well with it from being a face to face coach. And again, I started to see that there's so much opportunity here. And I just, I remember going into a gym in Kilmarnock where I used to work and like in the area, I remember just being like, I seen photo, I followed photo of James Smith and Jamie Alderton, really well known coaches. I was like, they're talking on camera. I'm going to talk on camera. And again, it was that sort of trying to go against the grain. Cause like five years ago, no one in my area was really doing that. And I was like, well, I'm going to do that. So it was always that, like, I, and I started to build up that more in myself more as well. And then from there, obviously on fast forward to now, online coach, I've got a program that I genuinely believe is one of the best programs in Scotland as an online coach. Definitely up there. I know where I'm going with it. I'm on a mission. I've got an agenda. And essentially now I want to help more people, Kieran, that, that no, I want to eradicate the story that I was living, that story, that narrative that so many folk get caught up in and burn themselves out in, that I was caught up in, that I wasn't getting that, like, I knew that I was capable of more, but I didn't know how to get it. And inside PLU, like, I help people. I'm not a business mentor, but I help people realize that they've got more capability, more belief, because something that I've really tapped into is I've got, like, unshakable belief in myself. Like, because I, I know that I'm really capable. I know that I can do more. And it's something that I've started to learn how it happened through time. And I like helping people go on that same journey as well. How did you get that unshakable belief? Someone asked me that today. It was, I was talking to someone yesterday. It's like a mindset coach. And they were saying, and it just, it just came through taking action. It just came through. I can't really explain. It. I remember I had a conversation with Mark Strafferm once and uh, another really well-known coach in Scotland and on, online world. And basically, he's in a high performance coach as well. And basically, like, I remember he said something when it really, it was actually at that event that me and you met, Kieran. And basically, it really struck a chord with me. He just said that when he was younger, he knew he was, he knew that there was something that he was going to be doing. And I remember just stepping into the fitness world and being like, this is it. I don't know what this looks like, but this is it. I seen that there were so many opportunities. I seen that there was, and then like when lockdown happened, that just 10X'd it for me because I was like the, the classic burnt out PT in the gym floor. And then it was like, I was still doing well, but like just working tremendously hard against like the immovable object against the unstoppable force. Like I was burning myself out. It wasn't going to go anywhere, but that allowed me to then be like, I can actually leverage things better. And it just gave me, it gave me the bandwidth to do it. So I, I say there's like three levels to my journey. Level one was going from the military to becoming a face-to-face PT. Level two was when I went the lockdown, when I leveraged my coaching, I had my boot camp, I blew that up and stuff, took online elements. And then level three was last February when I just tore it all down and jumped straight back into being a fully online coach and then built PLU. So there's like kind of three levels to that. And I know that you mentioned before talking about identity, but it's required certain shifts in identity. And every time I've done it, it's just the more you do something, the more you level up is, and you step into the shoes and you raise the standard and you set the standard. You, there's a pattern and you understand that there's a level of discomfort that comes with it too. And even just becoming an online coach, it was the level of discomfort that came with that is, was just knowing that you couldn't just go and speak to someone. You had to be relentless on your social media and already was, but it was again, right? How can I show up as more of authority? How can I speak about more compelling things? How can I really strike a chord and separate myself from the rest and stand into the shoes and become that exceptional coach? So it's just, it's just a constant reiteration of being like, how can I improve? What's going well right now? What's not going so well right now? What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? Does that kind of answer it, mate? 
Yeah, it sounds like it was a mixture of you've tapped into meaning and purpose really early and you went, all right, I'm in. And then through sheer force and action, you sort of started to go and push and you started to evolve. Jordan Peterson talks about this really lovely in a really lovely way. And I kind of took it a step further having learned from his philosophy. So I do believe we stand on the shoulders of giants. He talks about the deadwood of one's identity. And it's those moments where for you, there would have been parts of your identity that was deadwood that had to burn off in order for the next part to come through. Whether that was level one, going from the military to PT, level two, PT to online or whatever. There would have been deadwood. Something I like to ask clients is think about um, and we, we basically break down the identity that they want to evolve from, from an identity level all the way down to their environment, behaviors, using the DILTS model. And then I ask them this question, which is, well, think about where you are today. Which parts of you need to die? Which parts of you need to die in order for you to forge that new identity and a new individual? And it sounds like you've done a great job of recognizing, well, if I want to go there, this part needs to die. A lot of people get a little bit stuck in that phase. They get a little bit stuck with fucking hell. I, this is what I know. I can't possibly change or uh, what, what, what do I do? You know? So it's, it's interesting to see those identity shifts and the way that you've articulated those very clearly. Um, but here's a question. A lot of coaches are going to be looking for that unshakable belief that you have. And you've talked about the action. You've talked about letting that go, but there's still going to be things that you find hard. There's still going to be yeah. things that you struggle with today. And I think it's really important for people that are in this place where they've built a solid identity, they've built that confidence to share that. Because I think it's easy for us to look around at people in the industry that look like they've got their shit together and think they don't struggle. But we all find things hard. We all find things difficult. So even with all of that, what do you find hard today? Honestly, like since I, the, the most recent stage I found the hardest, and obviously I kind of articulated in the stage one, two, stage three, is being an online coach. That is, that's the one that's like, it's because it's, you're on your own. You're not in a gym. You are not like, and there's so many volatilities that come with that as well. And because for where you're at and because I demand so much of myself, because I've been doing this for over five years now, that there's certain things that you do expect of yourself. And then obviously we're being online and it's, that is the most challenging time. And I actually shared this in my podcast today, right? And again, open and honestly, transparency. Um, Basically, in February, I had the lowest income month that I've had in like two years, right? And basically, like, again, it's, it's not just about numbers, but let's be honest, it's a massive thing. Like, again, it's, it brings you stability. And I also had a month where you wouldn't even like to know how many outgoings that I had because I was paying for an event, videographer, the last payment for like web design and stuff like that. Crazy month. Like, and then also that same month, my girlfriend quit a job. And we we're going traveling the next month. And it was just, it crippled me with, like, I've never experienced that level of, like, discomfort through finance. finance. But see, on the outside, everyone was like, Christian, you're fucking killing it right now. And I'm not letting that income define me. That is business. But it's mm. so funny. At the time, I was being absolutely mentally crippled by that fatigue. Because it was, it yeah. was just like, so many yeah. things going on. I've never, and because PLU, the way that it is now, it's, it's, a limited company. I'm not. I'm no longer a gym floor PT. I'm. I'm there's, there's just there's more big bigger plates. It's not that I'm spinning more plates. The plates are just a hell of a lot bigger. And basically, loads that like we ran the event that went exceptionally well. It had nearly a hundred people at it. Like everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like this is going amazing. And it's it was so contrasting in my mind because I was like, "You don't even know." <laughs> like, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know you tapped on a really interesting topic there. Christian, which is you've 
touched on financial anxiety and that can hit any entrepreneur, any individual ever. And I know that crippling feeling when you're like, fuck, you had an expectation, but what you didn't expect is business is fucking expensive <laughs> and you're going to get these costs out of nowhere and you're going to think, fucking, where's that come from? Shit. And what about this? And what about that? And I think really financial anxiety, the best thing is financial clarity. So in our TMP Academy, for those that haven't heard about it yet, it's a group of coaches where in there, there's a series of trainings around structure, how to do with overwhelm and anxiety and how to reforge that identity. But in there, I've got a really solid training about financial anxiety to financial confidence. And I truly believe that as an entrepreneur and as a coach, you need to be so shit hot on the numbers and understand how much runway have I got? If all of my customers left tomorrow and all of my expenses stay the same, how much runway have I got? And even off the back of this podcast, if you're listening, hit pause, and just do this really simple equation. If we cut your business in half, which is very rarely likely to happen, but let's say we cut your numbers in half. And then with that revenue, based on how much you spend per month, see if you're at a profit, if you're at a loss. If you're at a loss, divide your entire bank account, your, your, all of your cash in all your various different accounts by that loss. And most people, 90% of people I've asked this question, typically have a lot more runway, whether it's three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, than they actually give themselves credit for. But it's that lack of clarity sometimes. And as you're a busy coach and as you're scaling, as you're growing, you're not going to have the time to sit down and do that. But if you can capture yourself when you're in that moment of crippling fear around the money and the investment or whatever, you start to realize, actually, I have more runway than I think. But fear particularly around money, it's such an emotional conversation. It seriously cripple us. Um, so mate, thank you so much for sharing that. So there'll be a lot of coaches listening to that that might be in that position or they've been in that position and didn't necessarily know how to deal with that. So that's, that's solid, mate. Thank you. The thing that I just kept telling myself is that nothing lasts forever. Yeah, like This too shall pass. Yeah, it will pass. It's never going to last forever. And yeah, they didn't. Do you know what I mean? It's like everything. I, I think, the, and I mentioned this at my event that we ran as well. Well, not my event, it was uh, Sylvester and Lewis as well. And I spoke about basically like, um, when was the last time you actually failed? See, loads of folk are fear of failure. Failing's only when you quit or you hand in the towel. And the reality is, people have this, you go straight into fight or flight mode and you go into like, I'm going to die. <laughs> Like, I'm going to be homeless. I'm not going to have any money. How am I going to put a, keep feed myself? How am I, you're going to go into those deep human needs and just be terrified. But the reality is, it's not going to happen, is it? It hasn't happened. Therefore, it's not going to. And this happens as well. People in the gym and stuff as well, where it's like, they don't do something because they're so scared about if they can't do it. And you're like, well, you're never going to know if you don't take action. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. And when you sort of, when you're in it, when you're in a strong emotion, strong emotions make it stupid. They cut down our timeframes, they cut down our options, and all of a sudden the world seems very small. And you're like, oh, I'm crippled. What am I going to do? This is shit. Uh. But actually, when you start to take that backwards step and you go, you know what? It's actually not as bad as I think. You start to slow down. And sometimes you need to sit there with your emotions and just give them the space to be versus trying to drown them out with more action. Because when you're in those states, that leads to shit decision making short-term little gambles oh well i've got to try and get like free clients right here i'll drop my price let's go and he's like no 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 no. slow slow down and the more that you overcome these moments and if you're an earlier coach that you know hasn't been in the game that long whether even that's just a game of business you are going to have these moments and right now it might feel like a big deal but once you overcome those storms again and again and again, and as the game starts to become a bit bigger and as you start to add some zeros to the end of your months or to the end of the bets that you're taking, 
you realize that the numbers are just numbers. And we get so scared by the data, they can really trigger us. But when you start to realize, actually, it's just data, they're just numbers. And sure, you sort of look at the consequences of, of that, but often we're in a lot stronger positions than we give ourselves credit for. And there's also an element of backing yourself. I, I know for a fact Christian backs himself. If we deleted his business tomorrow, I know he'd go, right, this is fucking shit. I'm a bit scared, but off I go. I'm going to rebuild my Instagram account. I'm going to rebuild everything out and, and off, off he'd run. Because he's able to back himself and you need that. You need that ability to go, you know what? I'm prepared to lose it all and I'm going to rebuild from there. And some of you are listening to this podcast. I've done that before. So you were like, I back myself. I personally lost 15,000 pounds on, on an app that didn't work out. And I lost everything. I lost my partner. I lost my mental health. I lost everything. And I rebuilt that. And I'd been successful before that. And I rebuilt that from there. So I have this ability where if we delete TMP tomorrow and all of a sudden I'm in 20,000 pounds of debt, it's going to be annoying and it's going to hurt. But I have this ability to back myself to come back from that. And the more that you work on that belief of, well, regardless, I'm going to find a way. And then another thing is thinking about, well, how much do I actually need? Do I really need a huge house? Do I really need a nice car? Do I really need all of that? Or have I got somewhere to live? Have I got food? Have I got a little bit of meaning and purpose and do I enjoy what I do? If you operate from that, then you can rebuild, you know? Yeah, we, we had a conversation so in line with that today. It was actually after the podcast had stopped that I was on earlier today. And it was basically, it was actually my podcast. I'm saying that I was on. And uh, basically, we were chatting about perspective and cam the guy that was on my podcast is a meditation instructor and he's recently just had an app getting built and basically it's had to be abandoned because the people that were developing the app are from ukraine right and that imagine yeah. being a, it's an app developer that spent years at university that's done all this studying built a business and your business is getting taken away from you your income all your life's work because of a war that you did not choose how unfair is that? And the thing is, it just puts it in perspective. And I think sometimes when you think of things like that and you're like, problems aren't that bad, then it's not a case of just being like, like watering down what you're doing and not taking into consideration your feelings or that at all. But it really does put things into, do you know what I mean, consideration? Because like, not consideration, perspective when you do that. And that was a big thing that I learned at therapy. Like a big part of me is that I've got this sort of fear of not being good enough, like a lot of people do. And that just came through being younger, not really liking all these sports and stuff and living in my cousin's shadow a wee bit. Nothing against my cousin. It was just the way it was because he was very good at these things. And as a result, I just genuinely didn't think I was as good enough. So now that I have these crazy expectations in my mind for where I need to be and money in my business is something that can, in my mind, sometimes if I don't catch myself out, define that. And it's almost like the, the inner demons inside me just get absolutely distorted. And I'm like, like, and like when I was talking about in February, I felt like a failure. Even though there's all this stuff going on in the outlay, that was what was making me feel that way. But because it was getting so pressed, and the thing is, it's as I said, everything it will never last forever. But that felt like a blade getting stabbed into my back and twisted for a month. Like that's what that's the level of. And I suppose like what could you do to get rid of it? Sometimes you do just genuinely have to have awareness, respect that it is part of building a business not that you're going to compromise your mental health but acknowledge that it will pass focus on solving the problem rather than just focusing on the actual problem itself not fo focusing on the solution and then but you will you go through times and i think anyone that's a business owner anyone that's a coach will look back at the times where they'll be most tested and most challenged and they'll look back at it in hi hindsight and there'll be so many lessons from it but at the time it crippled them and i'm sitting talking about this right now in hindsight, laughing about it, joking about it, but at the time, it's horrible. Yeah, at the time, you're thinking, what's the fucking point? I think the key thing really is, I love this frame. It's just, what did you expect? 
I should expect this to be easy. Like I, that is the frame that I always try and instill that in my team whenever I'm struggling or I'm finding things hard or if, if business isn't, if there are some twists and turns. And if my team is struggling, I hold the space for them. I let them unload. And then now they get to the point where they say, I know what you're going to say. Well, what am I going to say? I'll say, what did I expect? And I says, yeah, but it's okay. Because any puzzles that we have, any mistakes that we make, they're, not, they're very rarely fatal. Very, very rarely are they fatal. And that's okay. When this stuff comes in, you can sit there and go, well, fucking hell, what did I expect? Well, I thought this was going to be easy. I thought building a life of my dreams was going to be easy. Absolutely not. I think coaches need to recognize that. And this is quite an interesting frame. What coaches need to realize is they're building businesses and organizations and teams not to sell 12 months, 24 months, 36 months. They're building these businesses and these, these organizations to live in. I talk a lot about the king being the king or the queen of your domain. And a lot of you now are building palaces. And to build a palace, it takes fucking time. You've got to put in all the plumbing. You've got to put in the foundations. You've got to build up all of the walls. But the way in which you build that palace is going to be very, very different if you're looking to sell it. But if you're looking to live in it, it's the same if you build any house. You spend that little bit more time, a little bit more patience. Actually, you want a bath, you don't want a shower. So we, we just need to make sure that we design it around that. And if that takes a bit more time or a bit more, a bit more energy, that's okay. But also expect that there's going to be some disruptions in the building process. And if you can slow down and realize, am I building a palace of my domain to living? Or am I building it to sell it? The way in which you'll go at it is much different. And 99% of coaches, when I ask them the question, are you going to sell your business in the next 12 to 24 months? Nearly all of them say, no, I'm in this for the long haul. So it is taking that long-term strategic view of, sure, shit might hit the fan financially for a month, but if you're building a palace that you, your team, your clients, your family is going to live in, and you got to take it slow because you're not going to flip it tomorrow. And actually, there's always going to be hiccups on that process. And when you start to slow down in order to speed up, and like you said, take that backward step and have that perspective, that is where the game starts to change. Christian, I've got a question for you, mate. Forget the team, forget the company, forget us as an entity. But what does the phrase total mental performance mean to you? If you had total mental performance, how would you know? I think it would just have the, have the resilience to overcome any situation that was thrown at you physically, professionally, personally, psychologically, and you'd be able to sit with it and solve it. It doesn't mean that you wouldn't get offended by it. You wouldn't get triggered by it. Like, you know yourself, I think I actually asked you the question at the HBC event, like, do you still get like your triggers and it's like, yeah, they're just quieting down. But I think to me, that's what I would say total mental performance is. It's that ability to navigate any problem and find a solution personally, professionally, physically, psychologically. Love that. Absolutely love that. Christian, mate, it's been an honor having you on the podcast. It's been really, really fun. We'll have to do a round two at some point later this year. Where can everybody find you? So you can find me on Instagram. It's coached by KDH, Kilo Delta Hotel. Don't know why I'm telling you that in phonetics. But Coach by KDH on Instagram. You can find my podcast, my links, my website. Everything is on there. It's also on Facebook as well. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. I can't remember what my name is on there. But the main, main one that I use frequently is Instagram. So you can get me on there. But Kieran, thank you so much for having me on today, mate. Thank you so much for the chat. I've really, really enjoyed it, mate. Yes, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. And likewise, thank you so much. Guys, drop Christian some love. Head back to the post where we posted this on Instagram. Leave us some love in, in, the, in the comments. Give us some feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, do post it onto your story. Do leave that like, share, and leave reviews on podcasts and Spotify. It honestly does mean the world. and makes a huge difference. And guys, big love. Thank you very much. And I'll see you all next week. 
So that's us for today, team. I want to say a huge thank you for spending this portion of your life listening to us. A couple of things before you disappear. If you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find all of our daily content on mindset and hitting peak performance at Total Mental Performance or our website, www.totalmentalperformance.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You'll find us on Spotify, uh, the Apple Podcasts, and all the other various different platforms. Big love. Thank you ever so much. And we're looking forward to speaking with you soon.